Thanks, Jay. Um, man, what a beautiful time to worship together. Um, I love worshiping. And today we're going to talk about the person that we worship so often. Um, I feel like I definitely got the winning uh, week of the series. So sorry, Simon and Jerem. Um, but man, it's been amazing as I've dug into, um, dug into this topic, the Son of God. Um, I just want to ask a question. Have you ever wondered what kind of impact your life is having um, on others? I think we all have an impact on people. We all have some sort of an impact, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Um, some, sometimes we don't even realize that we're having an impact on people. Um, looking back over history, we can observe all these amazing people that have had impacts on the world today. There's musicians. Um, you may have heard of Jamie Rodwell. Um, there's, there's scientists. There's military people. There's sport people. There's theologians. There's architects. All these amazing um, people have had influence on our world today. Um, but there is no life that we can point to that has had a greater impact than the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Um, and his earthly ministry had a huge impact on this earth. Um, we measure time in reference to when he walked on earth. How crazy is that? Imagine having that reference about you. Um, his teachings impact the way we treat people. Um, history prior to his coming um, looked forward to his arrival. And history since his coming has been looking back at what he did and looking forward to him coming again. Like That is just mind-blowing. This is the man that we're looking at today. So Jesus, the Son of God, had an enormous impact on this earth, and today we have the joy of discovering more about him together. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, we're in this series called um, Pillars um, that we're going to be dipping in and out of over the coming years, and this part of the Pillars series is called the Trinity, and this week we're talking about the Son of God. I want to look at three overarching questions um, today, and it is, who is the Son of God? What did he do? And what is he going to do? Uh, my goal for today is that not just that we would increase in knowledge about who he is, but that um, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, we would fall more in love with today as we, and we would want to worship him more with our lives. Um, so before we go any further, I thought we'd pray and then we'll get into it. God, thank you so much for your word. Uh, Father, thank you for sending your son to us. And Lord, we're excited to learn more about Jesus together today. Um, so God, I just pray that you'll get rid of anything that's of me. I don't want to give people my words, Lord. I want to hear from, straight from you, Father. So would you speak to us today, Lord? We're listening. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So who is the Son of God? You know, Jesus is referred to as the Son of God more than 40 times in the Bible. Um, there's a few references just here that I'm going to quickly pull up. Um, in, the, in the book of Luke, in chapter 1, when um, before Jesus is born, this angel appears to Mary, and he says to Mary that you will be giving birth to the Son of God. Um, in Luke 4, even I found this amazing. Even the demons recognize Jesus as the Son of God. Um, Luke 3, uh, sorry, John 3, 16, is quite a famous passage that a lot of us would know that it says God gave his only Son, referring to Jesus. In John 20, I think John spells it out pretty clearly and, call, and, and tells us the reason that he wrote all these stories in the Gospel of John um, about what Jesus did was to show that he is the Son of God. So I think it's pretty clear that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, and people for many years, even today, have refused to accept that Jesus Christ is God. 
Um, there's so many other religions, and even like progressive Christianity today refers to Jesus as just some good role model um, and someone we can base our lives off, but they completely dismiss the fact that he is also God. Um, and one of the most amazing aspects about Jesus, the Son of God, is that he is fully God and fully man at the same time. I can't wrap my mind around that, but we're going to try today, so hold on tight. Um, but people who try to disprove the Christian faith often come after this, so I think this is quite fundamental. So how is he fully God? Let's look at a few scriptures that state Jesus is fully God. In Philippians 2, um, verses 5 to 6, it says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And Colossians 2 verse 9 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In Titus 2 verse 13 it says, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. You know, all these passages and so many more state that Jesus is God. But yet at the same time, Jesus was fully human. And so I just wanted to look at some scripture references as well about this. We've got the birth of Jesus, which you can read about in all the Gospels. You can read that um, Jesus was born to, through a woman, just as we are, proving that he is a human. Um, it also, in Luke 2, um, there's a story about um, when Jesus, it says that Jesus grew and became strong and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on, his, on him. So it showed that he grew as a human. Um, I love this one. In Matthew 4, verse 2, um, Jesus said that he was hungry. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. Um, but I love that it says, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I think it's one of the biggest understatements in the Bible that I've ever read. Jesus was sorrowful. He felt emotion. You know, in Matthew 26, verse 38, um, this is before Jesus went to the cross. So he's, he's like with a few of his disciples. And you imagine that feeling, knowing that you're about to go and die this death. And Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And I think... Like the sorrow, the word, the original word for that means anxious or like suddenly surprised by danger. So he felt emotion. When his friend Lazarus died, there's another one, he wept, he cried. He had emotions like any other human being. And the other thing I found amazing, the last one, is that the people that Jesus grew up around in his hometown just recognized him as this ordinary human guy, a, a really good guy, but it's an ordinary human man. So when he went to teach in his hometown, the people didn't really listen to what he said because like, this is just the carpenter's son. This is Mary's son. He just, they just saw him as an ordinary human man. So scripture clearly shows us that he was both fully God and fully man. How this all works, I don't really understand. I'm sorry. But what I do know, um, and I don't think the Bible actually fully explains it, but what I do know is that the Bible teaches us that he was that, that he was fully God and he was fully man. So why do you need to be both? You know, humankind has a broken relationship with God, our creator, because we're sinful. And the price that needs to be paid for sin is the blood of a spotless, clean life. If Jesus didn't become fully a man, there would have been no perfect human to be sacrificed on our behalf. He had to be fully man. 
so that his sacrifice would be an acceptable substitute for our lives. But at the same time, he had to be fully God because he could, only someone who is infinite God could actually bear the weight of the sin of all those who believe in him. So he had to be both. So what did he do? You know, I love it when you hear parents say what they reckon their kid's going to be when they grow up. <laughs> um, you know, um, some parents, you hear them say, oh, look at my son, the calf's on that boy, he's going to be an all black. <laughs> you know, I'm sure my dad looked at me and said, the calf's on that boy, he's going to play the flute. <laughs> um, but I think um, God the Father had a purpose and a mission in mind for God the Son. You know, Jesus Christ to accomplish in his time here on earth. He came for a purpose. For God to become a man and enter the world that he made, he did it for a reason. He didn't just come here for a good time because he felt lonely in heaven and he wanted to make some friends. He was sent here with a purpose. Yes, God was born as a human, as Jesus, um, but he was more than just born. He was sent. He was sent to you and I. Jesus came to this earth and he accomplished so many amazing things. The the list can go on forever, but if you read the Gospels, you read things like he healed the sick, he cast out demons, he walked on water and calmed storms, he gave sight to blind people, he made lame people walk and run again, he raised dead people. The, The list can go on if you read through the Gospels. But the main reason that he came, the main reason that he was sent, was to provide a way for you and for I and for all of humanity to be in relationship with God. How amazing is that? There's a famous passage in John 3, verse uh, 16 to 17. I'll just read it here. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know, right from the beginning, God knew that this package was going to need to be sent. You know, he knew that one day he was going to need to send his son to die this gruesome death in our place. And knowing all that it was going to cost Jesus, he still did it because he so loved the world. And so he was sent to provide a way to God the Father for all who believe in him. I just have on my heart um, that maybe there's some people tuning into the service um, and you're searching for God and you've been searching through all these other avenues, whether it's religion, spirituality, um, any, anything else that you've been trying to get to God. And um, I just want to encourage you and also explain that God has made it so clear that the only way to him is by believing in Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus actually says, and I think it's John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Acts 4, 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You know, the Son was sent to save you and I and show us the way to the Father. So you don't need to search any further because we've found him. He's here. And he he came. And you can find him by just believing in him. Um, You know, I think if that is you, today is the perfect moment for you to actually put your trust in him. Um, No more searching. 
He, found, he came and he was, he was sent and he died and then he rose again so that you can have eternal life. Um, so do you believe in him? I'm kind of going off my script here a little bit, but wherever you are right now, um, you can pray a prayer to the Lord and you can say, God, I trust you. I want to live for you. I believe in you. I believe that you came and you lived a perfect life and you died for my sin and then you rose again so that I can have life with you. Um, feel free just to take the time now and do that if that is you Um, so since Jesus actually rose from the dead like we've talked about that he died but he actually rose from the dead as well that means that he's alive today so what's he going to do? do you know that Jesus is coming back? do you know that's true? do you know that isn't just the last verse of a lot of the songs that we sing today in church but it is actually a true fact that Jesus Christ the son of God is coming back to earth Um, And that's something that we can look forward to. Um, I grew up with a very, 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 I can't can't say very enough, clean (laughs) mum. She was very tidy. Um, And she would make us clean every part of the house every time a visitor was coming over. Um, And I remember thinking things like, mum, seriously, I do not need to clean my bed because the visitor is not going to go and jump into my bed right now. Or I don't need to clean behind the fridge because I'm pretty sure they're not going to pull it out and have a look to see if it's clean. Um, But when we were expecting people over, we had to make sure that we were ready and things were in order. You know, and the great thing, though, about my mum is that she always kept a pretty clean house. The house was in good nick pretty much all the time anyway. So if visitors did turn up unannounced, it wasn't such a shock to the system. Um, And she was prepared to host people without a mad rush of cleanup. And this could be quite a far-fetched analogy, but as I've been pondering this, I think, um, and thinking about the return of Christ, I've been thinking maybe some of us, and I'm guilty of this as well, but some of us, I think, live in a way where we think, I'll just wait till Jesus is about to come back, and then I'll clean up my act. I'll just live how I want to live, and just before my time's up, I'll believe in Jesus. But Matthew 24, verse 42 to 44, explains that Jesus is going to come back at any hour and when we don't expect him. So are you ready? You know, do you believe in Jesus? Are you living in a way that honors him and pleases him? As believers, we can look forward to his return because he said he would take us home with him as well. He's not just going to come back. He's going to take us home with him. John 14, 1 to 4 says um, that he's going to go to the Father's house to prepare a place for us. But then he promised to come back and take us there. You know, the return of Jesus is like the dominant hope of the church. There have been beliefs that Jesus won't fully return. There's uh, some beliefs where people think maybe it's just going to be like a, a, the spirit of Jesus and maybe some of his good like, love and morals and teachings are just going to come back into the world. But no, it's not his teachings or not just his way of life, but it's the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, that will return in full bodily form to rule and reign and take us home with him. So are we ready? He's coming back. Um, I just want to close with this. You know, one day the one who we've been reading about, the one who we've been singing to, the one who we've been sharing about with our friends and our family, the one who we've been aiming to live like, will be right in front of us. You know, we'll be able to see him, we'll be able to touch him. The focus of the scriptures that we've been feeding on for years is going to be right in front of us, 
face to face. You know, this is the Son of God. This is Jesus. And this is what he's done. Are we looking forward to his return? And do you know him? And we're going to go into a time of worship now. And um, as we do, I touched on it before, but if there's people that are listening in and, and you've never responded to the gospel before, you've never told Jesus that you, that you believe in him, you've never told him that you want to put your trust in him, um, I just want to pray a prayer now, and you can pray it along with me in your heart. Um, yeah, let's pray that now. Jesus, thank you for um, thank you for coming to earth. Jesus, thank you for living a perfect life that I couldn't live. And Jesus, I thank you for dying for me on the cross and defeating sin, defeating the grave. And Jesus, thank you that you rose again. Thank you that you're now alive and, Lord, that you're preparing a place for me. And, Lord, that one day you are going to come back and you're going to take me home with you. Jesus, I believe in you. I'm sorry for all the wrong things that I've done. But, Jesus, now I want to ask for forgiveness and put my trust in you. Would you come, in, come into my heart, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.